and gentlemen, welcome to the Finger Guns Podcast. My name is Roscoe. How are you doing today? I do hope you're doing well. I am joined by Miles Thompson. Hello again, mate. Hello again, mate. How on earth are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. We finally handed in our massive asshole assignment, and it feels good. Very, very tired and exhausted, but glad that it's over. How are you, mate? You over the worst of the COVID? Yeah, I'm free as a bird. I don't know nice. yet, actually. Um, I've got one more oh. day. One more day of isolation. Um, oh, you're almost there. I've got to take. Uh, I'm going to take another lateral flow tomorrow, just to confirm. Oh, lovely and, times. Uh, and yeah, if it's if it's uh, negative. I'm going to run out the door into Tesco and just run around just because I can. Just because you can? Why not? Yeah. Well, not run. I can't run, but I'll... Uh, a light I'll, jog. I'll slowly jog. <laughs> a light jog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just imagine all the big music and stuff playing around me and stuff and slow motion. And it's all very exciting. Oh, yeah. Like the pop was going off in the backgrounds of fireworks and red carpets rolling out. Indeed. Indeed. And Kat. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? Hello, I'm very well, thank you. Like Miles would say, uh, handed in a pretty big piece of work. Um, and yeah, the weight has lifted. You know, when you get that kind of waking up, I woke up this morning, I just felt lighter. Um, <laughs> I'm actually like considerably a lot heavier through the stress of this course, um, through eating, just you know, comfy eating McDonald's and living on, you know, milkshakes and Biscoff for the most sure. of the year. But this morning I woke up that little bit lighter because yeah, that's just how it happens when you're in education. Mm. <sighs> but yeah i'm yeah. very happy for both of you Adam. thank you thanks 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 very happy that you um have your taste back i hope to be there witnessing your light jog around tesco <laughs> <laughs> oh dear so is this it now for you guys or have you got more to do or something? oh we've got a little bit more to do um but not nearly as much as we've already done we're kind of like that was like the, the big one the big kind of like crescendo of the course i guess um the rest of it is stuff we've either done before or um stuff that uh, is just kind of just putting some stuff in some folders and sending it in so uh yeah hmm. definitely feels like we're more finished than we're not now We've got about three weeks left um for anybody who's listening and is like what the hell are you talking about um we are training through work um and uh the founder of our therapy died today which is really sad aaron beck he was the uh creator founder of uh, cognitive behavioral therapy and he died today. He's 100 years old. Uh, so wow. rest in peace him. Uh, wouldn't be doing this course if he, you know, hadn't existed and breathed and loved helping people heal and uh, and going through, you know, stuff. You know, the stuff, the, the sads and stuff, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The stuff and the sads. But yeah, so a couple of, couple of weeks left on teaching and we work as well alongside. Um, so, yeah. Pretty I love how uh, you spend all this time doing this, d- doing this coursework, and you've researched it for hours and days and months. Yeah, and it boils down to uh, boils down to uh, the stuff you know that yeah, you did. It was good the stuff. Ads. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good soup. Uh, <laughs> does, does it ever retain, or is it just I'm going to write this down and forget it ever happened? Um, some of it retains. Some of it retains. Luckily, good. in the most important parts, you know, when I actually talk to people, the rest yeah. of it, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> Well then, uh, should we talk about video games? I think we should. I think we should. All right then, uh, let's jump into uh, Game of the Week. So, Miles, what's your Game of the Week? Mine is a little game called Iron Harvest, um, which is a real-time strategy game. It's just released on PS5. Um, I think it had been out on PS3. Nerd! Oh, you always love the nerd comment. Nerd! (laughs) It is also true. Um, 
so yeah, it's just released on PS5. I think it's been out on PC already for a little while. Um, but it's like a an alternative history 1920s uh kind of world war type, well, not quite world war, um, kind of like Russian European war. Um, but there's loads of like steampunk mechs in it. It's got like some light kind of base building mechanics and you just control units going around the map and you have to like contest for control of like oil and iron, um, which you then use to make more troops and buildings and upgrades and all that kind of good stuff. And then you just send all of your gigantic ass kicking mechs out into the field and blow away everybody in your path. And it's just really good. Um, I'm a big fan of RTSs, but obviously not having a very decent PC, I can't play very many good ones. Um, so it's always nice when they manage to make it to console and they're not absolutely terrible to control. Um, it still is a bit finicky. It's not perfect, obviously being on uh, the kind of controller rather than mouse and keyboard, um, but it works really well. Uh, the graphics are really nice. The style of it's pretty cool. The mechs are awesome. Um, and it's got a nice kind of gameplay loop, which you can either be really aggressive with it if you want to, or you can be a bit more kind of tactical. It's got like all the cover systems and rock, paper, scissors formats of different units versus others. Um, yeah, I'm having a really good time with that, man. I'm looking forward to playing more of it now that I've got a bit more free time that the course is, you know, coming to its end. Uh, so yeah, that's my game of the week. Nothing else much to say about it. Just play it. It's good. Nerd. Okay. Nerd. Yes. Oh yes, it's a real time strategy. Oh god. Yeah, as soon as I say anything remotely, remotely like tactical, strategic, you're instantly like nerd. Oh god. It's not a level Fortnite. Fuck oh, off. Fuck that shit. That's not a video game. That's just homework. Don't get me ass. Are you even a real gamer? <laughs> oh dear. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Thank you, mate. Thank anyway, you. Anyway, um, it's been out for a while, isn't it? Iron Harvest. I feel like the name no, rings a bell. I think it has been out on PC and stuff before, but it's mm. only just come out on PS5. I think it may have just been ported over. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it came out on the 26th, I want to say, but don't quote me on that. But yeah, I think last week. Okay, cool. Nice one. Well, jolly good. For all you bloody nerds out there, Iron Harvest is on PS5 now. Such a good nerd game. Go buy it. <laughs> Kat, what's your game of the week? My game of the week is Snacks. Bug snacks. <laughs> bug snacks. Gotta get those bug snacks. Now that's a video game, Miles. All right, that's a fucking yeah. video game. <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> shut up, Miles. You've had your turn. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, bug snacks. I mean, it came out on the PS5 for free when you, uh, if you were lucky enough to be able to get a PS5 very, very early on. Uh, and yeah, if you were watching the state of play last week, they announced a DLC. Bug Snacks, but if you don't know what Bug Snacks is, you have no idea, or you've heard of it, and you've no idea what it's concept of. It's essentially Pokemon with fruit, and that's the best way I can explain it. Except instead of catching the Pokemon, you catch the Pokemon and you eat them. Um, so you catch the fruit. So it's it's a world. It was well, actually an island, and you're a journalist. You're um, you were due to interview somebody, and that person's gone missing, and then the village has fallen apart, and all of the town people have kind of fallen out of each other because the person who kind of held held the glue together has gone missing, and so they've all gone their separate ways. And as a journalist, um, you're kind of recruited to not only what well, you were supposed to have your interview with this lady, um, but you now have to try and bring everybody together to kind of work out clues and see where this person's going but along the way they'll get you to do tasks and it's just kind of a massive collectathon there's like something like a hundred species of bug snacks on the island it's like five different biomes and yeah you you just do tasks for the villagers you try and find out clues for the mystery and you just the main story is trying to find out where this uh journalist is the kind of sorry the um, not journalist the kind of person who you're trying to interview is um and yeah and if you collect a bug snack so all of the bug snacks are kind of like fruit that are now animals 
So um, the crabs are called crabbles or crabbies, and essentially they're crabs made of apple slices, and um, they've got like a like a little daiquiri, little kind of fish that kind of comes out of the sea, and that's like a strawberry daiquiri. Um, it's great, and when you eat one, your body part turns into that kind of area like if you, if you eat kind of like a crapple or whatever they're called your arm might turn into an apple slice and so you can feed these kind of I'm not really selling it I feel like but actually I didn't think it looked like a good game a year ago and now I've played it I love it I cannot put it down I really didn't expect to like it as much as I really do like it but it is just great. It's just so much fun. It's so mm-hmm. colourful. It's so exciting. I love doing... It. The side missions are not boring either. Like, I hate when you have a game that like fills you with side missions and they're all really boring and you think, oh, I'll do that later. I've got none of that with this. I literally cannot put this, this game down at the moment. And I think I've nearly finished it. I have a feeling. And I only started it last night. And I have, yeah. like, stormed it. Uh, like I, I just yeah, it, it's it's really fun. I just really like the concept of it, and I'm, I'm now mm. really looking forward to the the DLC. So, yeah, the DLC, of... which is the Isle of Big Snacks. I called it the Isle of Bug Snacks on the podcast that we did. Um, oh, it's snacks. Yeah, it's the Isle of Big Snacks. The Isle of Bug Snacks. Obviously, it's the Isle of fucking Bug Snacks. But yeah, <laughs> it's the Isle of Big Snacks. So I do apologize. That's just me. Yeah. Uh, Correcting a mistake from the it's super previous cool. podcast. And actually, it's kind of tricky as well, because I've actually had to look up a lot of stuff, because you have to catch them. You can't just, like, run at them with a net. Like, you have to actually mm. be a bit stealthy about it, or you have to be, like, a bit just tactical about it in terms of kind of getting a net down, or, oh, well, some bugs are big enough to, like, knock your net out the way, or they catch your net on fire, so you have to stun them in a different way. It's Or you have to... I've gotten to a point now, and it's not really a spoiler, it more just is a natural progression of the of the game where you have to kind of use our bug snacks get some bug snacks um to be able to catch them and it's really intricate it's it's really well thought out um i think it's a really great original concept um or you know maybe not an original concept but a concept on a concept that was really cool so yeah that's my that's my uh that's my game of the week i know you've been playing it too ross how are you finding it i have also started bug snacks this week yeah in a, in a very wild coincidence Twins. one thing that I've taken away from it more than anything else is that the Isle of Bugsnax is a really fucking bleak place to live. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's, there's, I don't think this is a spoiler, but there's one, there's one character called Wombus who's like a, an old timey kind of farmer and his wife has gone missing. And you have to do a thing to spy on him for one of the other characters. Mm-hmm. And he turns out that he's got an effigy of his wife that he speaks to every night in, in his so house. Well. And it's like, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. I just, I wanted to catch bugs next. <laughs> What's going it really on? It does touch. I mean, I've gotten to some, I don't know where you are in the story and I have, I'm not going to spoil it, but I've gotten to some dark stuff, like where it really insinuates and infers some dark stuff. And I'm like, oh man, like yeah. I just, I just wanted to catch my raspberry. It is so my raspberry. <laughs> And then some bits are like, Jesus Christ, I didn't realise it was this kind of game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's why I think I enjoy it, is that actually it does touch on those things and it's not awful. It's not doing it in a weird way. It's not doing it in a cheesy way. It's doing it in a way that's like, oh, damn, that kind of happens on fun, colourful islands too. And it's like Philbo. Is it Philbo? Who? Yep, the mayor. It doesn't have any friends, so he just kind of oh, really, really tries to make friends. Befica, and it's and like, she's so oh. mean to him. Oh, it's, I'm so invested in this little island. It's, it's really horrible, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I am having fun, and I love I love the original ways that they've come up with being able to catch some of the bug snacks. Yeah, it's um it's very clever, like the ones that are hiding in logs or 
Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah. and I, I love that they just say their names. Scrabby, 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 Scrabby. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, it's like Scrabby, 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 Scrabby. Like, Scrabby, Scrabby, Scrabby. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, we fine. could talk about bug stacks for hours. Yeah. But, but what uh, is your game of the week? Oscar? That is that's a video game. It's not a you know, it's not an RTS, is it? It's not a video game. So that's good. <laughs> I'm very glad about that. Um my game of the week, unfortunately, is a game that I'm not really enjoying that much. And it's uh, it's called Doctor Who, The Edge of Reality. <gasps> but Ross, you wanted that game so much. Uh, I was looking forward to it so much. And I love Doctor Who, as a lot of people do know who listen to this podcast. Um the new series started last night and I very much enjoyed it, which is good. But the video game is just poor. It's it's fine. If you're a Doctor Who fan, there's lots of cool little things here and there. Lots of little nods. Lots of little Easter eggs and stuff you can find. So that's fun to walk around. And it's got Jodie Whittaker in it and David Tennant. And so you've got that authenticity with it. But the story's fine. It's just dull. And I don't understand how they've made it dull because it's a universe-ending story that features the Daleks, the Weeping Angels, the Cybermen, and, and like just, just any Doctor Who enemy you can think of. And it's like, why am I not enjoying this? And I'm not enjoying it because it's buggy and it's glitchy and the puzzles are boring and it's really just, yeah, it's not fun. Um, my full review will be up this week, but yeah, unfortunately it's not going to be good. And it was, uh, yeah, it was a disappointing uh, few hours. Um, the game is only about four hours long. And uh, so it's, uh, it's, it's been and done. And there's a lot of, there, there's some cool moments if you're a Doctor Who fan, like I said, um, lots of things like, oh, that's cool. Oh, Jody, I'm, you know, listening to two doctors talk to each other is always a cool thing. But um, yeah, the gameplay is uh, not grabbing me, and it didn't all the way through, unfortunately. But um, is it going to yeah. be a day one patch? Uh, no, it's been out for two weeks already. Oh, it's only been out. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so that's yeah. how much I follow Doctor Who. I can't stop the show. No, uh, sorry, <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. We don't have to talk about it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's great. It's not great actually. It's very poor. But uh, there we are. Right. Uh, we've got a bit of a theme for this week, uh, which is Tomb Raider. Uh, we're going to be talking a lot about Tomb Raider in this episode and um, going over uh, the anniversary and our memories and stuff and our favorite Tomb Raider games. And uh, Kat has taken it upon herself to write a quiz all about Tomb Raider. So this is going to be awful. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what I said. Oh, come on. <laughs> And Kat's oh, uh, getting really proud of herself. She's like, that's yeah. going to be team, right? It's going to be great. But, yeah, okay. This is the one quiz Kat would get 10 out of 10 on, and she's the one doing the quiz. <laughs> yeah. And I'd also now get 10 out of 10 on it because I already know all the answers. But oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there's 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 not many of you tonight. So um, I've, I've got a tiebreaker question just in case this shit happens to me again. Hey. Um, yeah, if we get stuck on one each. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? I actually think that Toby and Greg would, and Sean, I think I would actually know quite a lot of these. So I'm. Uh, Brilliant. Uh, so now yeah. we can embarrass ourselves even more. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you've done um, a quiz for the two people that probably played the least <laughs> <from> Raider <laughs> on the entire team. Well, I didn't know who was coming tonight. So, <laughs> so here we are. So here we are. Um, yeah. So if you're listening for the first time, uh, this is the fastest finger first quiz, uh, where essentially we do a quiz and you guys out loud, uh, out loud, out at home <laughs> can shout out out loud because that's how the way quizzes work when you watch them on your TV. So why shouldn't they work like that on Spotify or your other listening platform? Uh, so <laughs> these uh, these lovely contestants, um, and also as well, my ki- my quizzes are known. I mean, only the one, but now they're being known as chaotic because 
they're just they're, I'm just not as organized as Sean okay I'm not as punctual or well-sounded or classy as Sean and I'm sorry for that okay but Sean can't be here tonight so you've as classy as Sean you've got the <laughs> yeah his Stoke on Trent sound I was gonna say <laughs> um but yeah so you've got the supply teacher I'm afraid and I'm the cool supply teacher too so at least you're not gonna lock me in any closet but yes uh the agenda I guess tonight is Lara Croft because happy birthday Lara Croft Oh, happy anniversary, Lara Croft, not happy birthday. But uh, yeah, so I thought, why not? Why not, guys? Why Don't not? Like that. Uh, okay, let's see. <laughs> why not? Go on, so, then. Okay. Let's, let's, let's see what the hell you have. Go oh on, shit! Ross, you can go first. Have you got uh, You don't have one, do you? Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I didn't. I completely <laughs> forgot about the buzzer. Um, you let me just close. Just, should... just gonna hey, close, I'm ready. Close my OnlyFans. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> there it is. So these guys should uh, have uh, Amy. There it is. There it is. Okay, Miles, what's your buzzer for this week? Oh, hold on, let me turn it up. Did you get that? Yes. Cool. Beautiful. Are we ready? Yeah. I can't believe there's only two of you. I'm so glad I made a tiebreaker. There we go. Right. <laughs> what is I'm that? To get a point. What is what that? Not... It sounds. It sounds like something's falling to the ground. What is? Are you thumping on your laptop? Oh yeah, I was only just do it. Okay, I'll do that. One. <laughs> My bad. You can cut that out. Um, okay, I'll be ready, guys. Yeah. 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 Ooh, there we go. I've got. I've changed my buzzer. You changed your oh. buzzer. Okay. Is it Lara Croft related? Ross. Oh yes. Okay. Hold on. Can I change mine as well? I feel like we should go Sorry. with the theme and do it properly. Sorry. <laughs> Bear with me. Okay. That's it. If, and if, Ross, if you find a secret in Tomb Raider, it goes. Well, I was just about to say, <laughs> for a spiritual point, what is that noise? <laughs> well, the soundboard says Tomb Raider secret. So I'm guessing oh, if you find a secret in Tomb Raider. Spiritual point. soundboard did you use, Ross? Because I can't find anything currently. I've just, uh, I just Googled Tomb Raider soundboards and that came up. This is already chaotic. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to have to do a lot of editing with her. I'll I'll stick with my original. It's fine. I can't find one on this. Bear with me. You should have been organized. I mean, you're making my quiz look bad, man. Well, nobody does Sean's quiz. (laughs) Everybody's ready. I was trying to get get into the mood. It's fine. Let's go. Are we ready? Okay. When was Tomb Raider first released? Oh, I feel like that was Ross first. 1994. Lies. Wrong. 996! Shit! Okay. Um, <laughs> Miles? 996? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> you just gave it to him. Uh, <laughs> I, was reading, I was reading about the book earlier and I posted up online and it was like, uh, I knew the answer to that because I read about it an hour ago. Oh, oh, the only answer I'm going to get through the whole question. Yeah, well. so it was 996 October, um, hence the 25th anniversary. Damn, I was 10 years old. Damn. Bye. Should I just not say how old? No, shut up, (laughs) Mars. Okay, question two. Uh, What is Lara's career title? What's her job? Ross? Archaeologist? Yes. Yay! I would have got that one. I told you guys would know this. You'd be fine. Lucky Miles. Okay. Question three, which line of duty actress voiced Lara in the anniversary Legend and Underworld games? Ross, was that a buzzer? Yes, it was. Okay, go. Shit, I can see her face. What's her goddamn name? Keely Halls. <gasps> well done. Yeah, yes. correct. Fuck. Okay, next question. Oh, God. Um, which fun player trick from earlier Tomb Raiders became canon in Rise of the Tomb Raider? 
Any guesses? Come on. Ross. Um, shutting people in freezers. <laughs> so who in the freezer? The butler. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yep. So um, fun fact, if you've played Rise of the Tomb Raider, you can find a letter from the butler um, actually joking about how young Lara tried to give him hypothermia. So they made it canon because mm. all of the players love doing it in Tomb Raider 2. How lovely. Is that is that is that a three one? Uh, yes. So I mean, far. technically, you've got all four. Te- so. Technically, it's four nil. <laughs> technically, but you yeah, gave te- it away. So. Yeah, te- technically, you're winning by a landslide. Okay. Yeah. Um, question five. What is the butler's name in the Tomb Raider series? <laughs> Ross? Uh, Reginald. <laughs> no. Oh. Miles? Uh, um, oh, God. I've even played all of the reboot ones, and he's in it, isn't he? Um kind of yeah yep Miles Percy Percy <laughs> what the fuck Jesus Christ do you know what his nickname oh I know what it is Ross spiritual point it's Winston isn't it yes Winston Jeeves also known as Jeeves yeah yeah uh, yeah uh, damn it oh, yeah. Yeah. okay <laughs> okay uh question six uh disregarding the game boy and mobile games how many official tomb raider titles and by that i mean considered the original timeline have there been miles five no <laughs> oh my god you lose five. it i didn't really understand five the question totally, in so. 25 years what i'm trying to say is oh other i thought than you meant like the originals apps, before the soft reboot oh it's my bad Okay, well, still not five. <laughs> Ross? Um, Twelve. <gasps> yes! Fuck yes! off! Yes! Fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, just to it. detail and back up Ross's answer, we've had Tomb Raider in 1996, we had Tomb Raider 2, The Dagger of Zian, Zan, in 1997, Tomb Raider 3 saw the adventures of Lara Croft. Then you had Tomb Raider, The Last Revelation, Chronicles and the Angel of Darkness, as well as the Legend reboot. Uh, Tomb Raider Anniversary, which was a remake. Uh, then you had Underworld, Guardian of Light, which was a spin-off. And then we had the newer reboots, uh, Tomb Raider 2013, uh, Rise and Shadow, but also as well in between all of that, Lara Croft and the Temple of Osiris. Well done, Ross. That was good. Thank you. I yeah. feel very good about myself. <laughs> um okay and in question seven in which country has the sequel to the angelina jolie movie lara croft a tomb raider the cradle of life been banned a uh, ross uh, wales <laughs> yeah just just uh, wales yeah <laughs> no, 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 that's not wales not wales <laughs> Oh, okay. oh, Miles, can to give it a stab? Uh, let's say the Philippines. No, it oh. was China. Uh, oh. China did not like China. <laughs> they, China. Did not, they apparently didn't like our westernized uh, representation as they said it was made with malicious intent. China ban everything. That's such an obvious answer. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was nice. actually quite an obvious answer, really. Um, so next question, question eight is which James Bond made an appearance in the first movie in 2001? For sake. Daniel Craig. Who? Daniel Craig. I thought you said Neil Craig. I was like, I I thought you said Neil Craig as well. I was like, who the hell is Neil Craig? (laughs) You are correct. 
Oh, um, Miles, I've, I've steamrolled this quiz. I'm just pretending yeah, I'm not even here yeah. at this point. Like, I don't yeah. even exist and anymore. And I told Ross before this quiz, I was like, it's not going to be. It's going to be answers that, you know, you might actually know. Um, so, question nine. More recently, who was considered Lara Croft's sidekick? Miles? Jonah? Yes. Correct. Cool. And Jonah! Jonah! <laughs> Sorry. That was loud. Yeah. And in... she screams it. <laughs> Poor Camilla Ludington, what a great actress. Um, and question 10. In 2022, in which city is Crystal Dynamics hoping to bring a Tomb Raider live experience? Oh. Ross? London Town. London Town, you are correct, good sir. That's it for the quiz. Would you like to have a go at the tie break question? <laughs> yeah, why not? I'm not sure it matters. Yeah, I mean, it's not oh, like no, it's it close. definitely doesn't matter. <laughs> Uh, but you know, anyway, in thousand, just to see who would get it, you know. Just... All right, go on then. Okay. Let's be honest. I think we know who's going to get it of the two of us. <laughs> in two thousand and nine, a, a young Lara Croft prequel was going to be made, and had already accepted her lead role as Lara Croft. Who is that character? Who is that actress? Mouse. Camilla Ludington. No. <laughs> two thousand and nine. Yeah, no, I was just going to go. Ludington's for... like dying thought... or something now. I thought... I thought it was just going to be like a trick question. Ross, is there a clue? There's a lot of actresses. Um, Careful, Ross. If you don't get this, you obviously don't win. So, you know, case. Uh, the clue <laughs> is around this time, she would have been quite big. In, in size or in popularity? <laughs> in popularity. And she's currently dating um, a rapper. Wow, I didn't get these. Oh, things. is it Megan Fox? It is Megan Fox. Very nice. Okay, Ross, you got a million. No, <laughs> Ross, you got seven. Seven. Um, got two. Well done. So Ross I, is the winner. I actually think two is quite good for me, given how like much of that I didn't know. You, you really, you both did well. Well done. Uh, I did not. You don't no, need to be I nice mean, about I, it. Yeah, Ross did nice. well, and I did shit. Yeah. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, you did pretty badly, but oh well. See, I told you that'd be fine. Well done, guys. Well done, Ross. Thank you very much. I kind of oh, want to see Megan Fox dressed up as Lara Croft now. Yeah, she was going to play a prequel version. And apparently she'd accepted the role and then the movie didn't get made. So I mean, she's a terrible actress, but she's hot. So. Yeah. Mm. Well, I quite like in Transformers. Oh, God. I've not, played, I've not seen Ninja, Tur just... Ninja Turtles. Oh, wow. Saying that, I watched uh, Jennifer's Body for the first time the other night. Jennifer's Body is her favourite performance of herself, apparently. And it's, uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a fun, wild time. <laughs> It's a weird fucking movie. It's garbage, but it was next to you. Right then, that was my Halloween movie. I was like, I'm going to watch Jennifer's Body. Um, and, uh, it's on Disney Plus if you want to watch it. But um, yeah. All right. I won the Tomb Raider quiz. Nice. I feel good. Let's get on to our topics. And first up is Amy Hennig is making a freaking Marvel game. So you may know Amy Hennig. She's... Um, a former producer of Uncharted who went on to start a Star Wars-esque Uncharted game, which then got cancelled. And she's been kind of jumping from studio to studio trying to make something. And it looks like now she's got her head down with PlayStation-ish and is now officially making a narrative-driven third-person Marvel game with a brand new Marvel character that we've not yet seen in the, in, uh, in the, uh, the previous games, which is all very exciting. So I'm going to open it up to you guys, which... What, what do you want to see Amy Hennig do? Amy Hennig is an expert at these narrative games and is really the brains behind Uncharted, um, more so than Neil Druckmann. 
and he'll say that himself as well. So uh, yeah, Miles, what would you like to see from uh, from Amy Hennig in Marvel? Um, I'm actually just kind of pleased that she's on a project because, like you said, she's kind of been like attached to some really promising projects which have either ended up being cancelled or they've had like the creative direction kind of shifted and changed from what she's there to do um i personally think she's one of the best writers in the industry um with what she's done um with the uncharted series and everything else Mm -hmm. and i think if given the capacity to work on a project which is you know big budget and has a good direction behind it and obviously she's more single player narrative story driven focused you know, she's given that kind of scope. I think she'll make something really good. And I think with Guardians of the Galaxy reviewing well, you know, there's not the the negative thing of the Avengers game kind of stinking over it now. So it kind of opens up the scope that people will be more open to that. Um, so, yeah, I, I've heard it kind of touted and rumoured that it might be a Daredevil game, in which case I'd be very intrigued in that because the Marvel mm. um, Daredevil series was excellent. And if it was like based around that same kind of quite gritty, dark kind of tone, with her kind of directing and kind of driving it forward. Um, I think it would end up being a really interesting kind of like noir story. And I think mm. that could be really, really cool. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. Cause I remember like what a while ago on the thing, of podcast, like I'm talking a couple of years ago now, we were debating a, a daredevil game mm. and we're like, how could you do it in like a, in like a, a video game style? Because obviously he can't say it's like, what about in first person? If it was just yeah. all based on sounds and it was based on, you know intuition and stuff you couldn't see anything but the world around you was created by the sounds that the world makes and we were like oh my god that sounds freaking amazing <laughs> yeah, and we were a like cool idea wow that'd be really interesting so amy hennig making a daredevil game maybe down that route could be quite exciting yeah that could be quite interesting i guess the easy way out of that would be they'd just make it a third person game um so it didn't matter or they'd have like some yeah, kind of gameplay element to... yeah no, no that wouldn't come on guys think that wouldn't be as it. unique or cool yeah <laughs> no i i like that idea i think it would be really cool um but yeah i think as long as they kind of make it well it's kind of just the idea of just make it good um but obviously we've got the wolverine game on the way so i doubt it'll be an x-men focused one um so i think it'll be more uh yeah, one of the other heroes that we've maybe not seen yet. So, yeah, I'm intrigued and I like what she does. So I think it will turn out good, whatever she ends up working on. Mm. Yeah, I, I I, think so too. I hope she finally gets a game out, to be honest. With us. That's the goal anyway. It's a travesty that the uh, Star Wars game never came to fruition. because uh, of it. it really is, because that thing looked and sounded quite amazing. It um, would have been so good. Uh, uh, Kat, what would you like to see? Which um, Marvel character would you like to see made into a new game? Um. So, first of all, I initially saw this and I was like, you know what? I'm pretty satisfied with what Marvel have, you know, pumped out so far. And like Miles was saying, it makes a really good point about Guardians of the Galaxy now being able to have that kind of, I guess, mist over the bad reviews that Avengers have brought um, in previous years. Um, I actually think that that Daredevil thing is banging. It really reminds me of um, when you can hear in Last of Us. And to be able to use maybe like a mechanic like that would be really cool. I yeah. saw a comment when I was kind of um, kind of cribbing for this. Um, and I saw a comment, I'm not going to take credit for the idea because actually I think it's a great idea. So if you're listening and it was your idea, it's a cracking idea. And I think that it should happen. Um, where obviously it says that it's going to be an original story. It's going to be a kind of a narrative, a kind of action adventure game, which obviously, you know, given the Uncharted games, will be incredible. I'm sure whatever she does will be incredible. Um, but this person had the idea, and now I can't stop thinking about it, because I think, cool, that would be amazing, um, where you would be a random uh, kind of kid who found out that you were an X-Men uh, mutant, and you had to go to the school 
and you had to kind of build your way up to become part of the X-Men and that was kind of your story is that you were kind of you found out by accident then you got sent to the school and that's you you are you're doing all the stuff in the school you have to go out you have to prove yourself to build a reputation so it kind of you have relationships with different characters um and those relationships might matter depending on what you say um kind of a bit like mass effects they kind of said oh i just thought i can't stop thinking about that now that'd be really cool and because you could go anywhere with that location you could do lots of different things you could yeah i just that was a really great idea so that's something that i'd really like to see and we haven't i mean had an x-men game in a really long time if have we i think we have had an x-men game a long time ago yeah yeah, yeah. we've had yeah. we've had wolverine x-men games in the past but they've all yeah. been pretty trash they've all been crap and so uh, you know it'd be nice for them to actually do a proper game like a proper mm. solid game where you know it's it's not going to get trashed on because it's not that is really original isn't it you know you, you just you know you're you really and you get to then yeah. play you as an x-men you're not playing say spider-man you're not playing wolverine but and that was also what i was going to say is that when i was initially kind of when initially when the story initially broke i was really happy with what was being released you know we've had spider-man Morales, we've had we're gonna get wolverine and we've got guardians and you know that's getting really good reviews i'm desperate to play that but i just can't justify the price before christmas <laughs> um, uh yeah so I'm happy with what's going on, but I'd really like to see what's next. I'm intrigued. I'm interested. Sounds like it's going to be something from comic books, mm. something that hasn't quite had its day yet, I guess, in gaming. It doesn't sound like we're going to get anything, you know, that we really, really know. It might be something like you said, like Daredevil or Netflix, or um, that I've kind of chugged out in the last couple of years. But yeah, I'm interested to see what's next. Be good. For I sure. think whatever she does is going to be good um because it's hard behind it um what about you what are you hoping to see i just want my dead of a game made <laughs> the one um, that you've created a couple yeah, of years ago yeah. you want her to go back to the pod and just take some notes yeah but like, amy check this out yeah what do you think what do you think complete complete darkness you can't see anything but the entire world is based around the sound seat here and it's just a full-on action game but it's just darkness and it's like that's such a cool idea that is a cool, such idea. A cool idea uh but yeah that? If it's going to be a Daredevil third person, that's fine. <laughs> that's I mean, fine, I, I guess. guess. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not really what I want because if you're going to do it, do it our way. Do it properly. Thank you very much, indeed. Uh, I don't know. I think I'd like to see her do a female-led Marvel game. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, maybe Captain Marvel or Captain Carter. That would be pretty cool. Uh, maybe not Squirrel Girl that she deserves her own game, but I think that would be nice. I think that'd be cool. Uh, and obviously, Captain Marvel was. A weird one to do a game about because she's so OP and it's. I was going to say she'd be hugely OP. You'd have to like yeah. nerf her. <laughs> yeah, you can't really do it properly if you if you nerf Captain Marvel. But what about the Punisher. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Don't well. even get me started. I would absolutely adore a Punisher game. But there was one yeah. on the PS2 back in the day. It was there actually was, yeah. all right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I would like to see her do something in that venue because I think there's it's a bit dark and gritty. Like... Yeah, maybe a Wonder, a Wonder Maximoff game. I don't know. That'd be cool. Around that like lines, switch yeah. between Wonder and Vision. I mean, cool. Wonder is super powerful as well, but yeah. they're, they're, they're fucking superheroes. What do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> God. If Superman can have a game, I'm sure they can have one. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me started on Superman. It just bothers me that man even exists, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, and that, that would be nice. Um, there's such a plethora of characters that she can reach from. Um, Fantastic Four could be quite interesting. And um, that's somewhere that. The Fantastic Four are the most fun people to play as in the Lego Marvel games. 
Uh, so yeah, for sure. I think there's there, there's somewhere there's something in that. I think. I think but... though, I think the Fantastic Four has that kind of taint to it, doesn't it? Because of the yeah. there's so many films made and all that controversy that happened on set and just it's just a yeah. bit movies were terrible. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if, if Fantastic Four is a a bit of a well, they are coming. They are coming to the MCU at some point. There is a, a Fantastic Four film on the way. Um, yes. With if 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 John fucking Rosinski is in that film, I'm going to be so happy. <laughs> oh my god, John Krasinski, yes. Be any films, honestly. Mm. Let's see what happens when I say the words John Krasinski and and, and cat just slowly melts inside a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good guy, good guy. <laughs> He's, he's one of the good ones, that John Krasinski, I like him. He's a good egg. He's a good egg, we like him. Uh, right then, so let's move on to our second topic of the day, which is, of course, Cyberpunk 2077! It pops up every now and then, and this week they've had another interesting development. So, we all know that Cyberpunk 2077 is getting Xbox Series and PS5 upgrades uh, very, very soon. Well, I say very, very soon. They've been delayed to 2022, and all of the free DLC has also been delayed to 2022, along with the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt remaster coming to series and PS5 as well. So CD Projekt Red put out a tweet. They didn't do it in their big old scary yellow that they used to, which was a shame. But essentially, it's uh, we have an important update regarding next generation updates of Cyberpunk 2077 and the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt for consoles and PC. Based on recommendations supplied by teams supervising the development of both games, we decided to postpone, to postpone their releases until 2022. Our current target for, 20, for 2077 is the first quarter of 2022. That's a lot of numbers to say at once. And a second quarter of 2022 for the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. So early next year, we shall see the DLC and the upgrades for Cyberpunk. And then later in the year, we're going to get the Witcher 3 upgrade, which sounds a bit weird. I thought it would be the other way around, but there we are. So my question to you guys is... Is it too late for Cyberpunk 2077 to really make an impact anymore? Uh, Miles? I mean, personally, I haven't gone back to it, and this is probably the least surprising news of the year, given how bad the game was at launch. Like, it was never going to be able to get it all fixed and into a playable state and release all the DLC and get an upgraded version out for the PS5 and Xbox Series X all within a year. Like, they were being incredibly optimistic on that at best. Um Again, I think it's one of those things where they kind of announced it and kind of held off kind of announcing that they weren't going to be able to meet the deadline for as long as possible just for like the shares kind of aspect of it. They didn't want to have their share prices get tanked or have their investors be like, what the hell? Um, but I mean, I'm kind of in two minds of like, one, it's good that they're at least delaying it so they don't have another debacle on their hands, hopefully. But they also delayed Cyberpunk like three, four times and it still came out a steaming pile of shit. So... I don't know. I'm also a little bit bitter about it because it was one of my most hyped games for years and it completely and utterly like botched it for me. And it really, yeah, it kind of ruined a lot of hype for kind of games for me. Um, I don't think, I mean, I still think it will make an impact because when it re-released on the PlayStation store, it went straight to number one. So there's clearly still people that want to play this game. And I think if it gets an upgrade onto PS5, which solves a lot of the problems that it might be having on the lower consoles, um, 
I don't know. I, I think it might, it could work if it has enough hype around it and if they do it quick enough. But I think the longer they leave it for, the more likely people like me are just going to be like, I'm not going back to that game. I tried it out at the time. I've waited too long. There's too many other games to play now that are actually polished and finished. And I'd rather just play those. Mm. Um, yeah, it's they're in a tough position with it. I think The Witcher 3 doesn't really matter too much. I think fans of that game, myself included, will play that upgrade regardless. Um, and I don't think that matters when that comes out. That will still do well. But Cyberpunk, yeah, I don't know. I'm in two minds. I think it will probably still do okay. I just don't think it's going to be one that a lot of people might necessarily go back to, given the previous history of it, personally. Did you beat it? No, I gave up after it hard crashed on me for like the 13th time, and then I lost mm. like a whole chunk of progress, and... It just the state of the game. Like I had so many glitches, so many crashes. I had one of my saves got corrupted, and I just thought, oh, I've had enough of this. I think I'm about like about halfway, coming up to like the last third of the game, um, and I'm at like quite a climactic mission as well. Mm. Um, and I just was like, no, I'm not wasting any more time on this until it's fixed. And now that it's like a year later, I'm like, I'm not really that bothered anymore. So. I'm gutted because it was like one of my ideal, like if I was to make a game in my head, this would be the game that I would make in my head. And I was so excited that they were doing it. But yeah, it's just the botchedness of it is just completely put me off now. But I might go back to it if the upgrade comes out and it's good, but it's unlikely for me, I think. See, I played it on PS5 and obviously it was the PS4 version, but it was running on better hardware. Yeah. And I had crashes. But I learned to save like every single second of that game. <laughs> yeah, every time you turn a corner, because I car. just because he just didn't know when it was going to happen. Yeah, and so it almost became a mode, like a game mode, a secret little game mode that they had. Make sure you save before you carry on, because the game <laughs> might just fuck up. Yeah, but yeah, um, I, I I beat it, and I actually I actually enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was a very well told story, mm. and it's such a shame that it just doesn't work because the story is worth going through. Oh yeah, like, I think it's fantastic. Play. Like there's, like you said, the story, the gameplay. I absolutely love the game and the world that they've made. It just pissed me off no end having to constantly be thinking about the fact that the game was broken and like mm. every time I'd round a corner, there'd be a car floating in midair, or my car would just get stuck in the pavement and then refuse to move. And I'd be like, this is just so annoying. Um, and I was playing it on PS5 too, and I think just for whatever reason, I just must have been really unlucky that almost every glitch yeah. I could get, I did get. Um, but yeah, what is in there is excellent. Like the actual game itself, you can see is absolutely phenomenal. It's just completely ruined, unfortunately for me. Mm, it's a shame. I remember I uh, I went back after their second massive update. I was like, right, I'm gonna jump back in, see what's going on. And I had a I had a shootout with a couple of bad guys. Bad guy was very much dead on the floor. His head was decapitated from his body, and he was still shouting out for his uh, friends to come and help him. <laughs> and he was like, "Come, get me, guys, guys, help!" Hell, but I'm like, dude, your head is not on your body. Hey, you're you doing are not that? alive. <laughs> I didn't know. And then I went around the corner again and it was T posing. And it was like, this game, I love it so much. <laughs> this is why I play video games. Yeah, yeah, I love it. It's great. Um, Kat, I know you said in the past that you're you're you you have been holding off yeah. on Cyberpunk. Um, you've got to wait a little bit longer now. Um, yeah. are, you, are you still gonna jump in? Um, I will, but Oh, fuck me. They spent so long getting this game together and it's still a piece of shit. <laughs> I, I I feel like they have now experienced the wrath of what shortcuts will do and what scheming will do and that kind of, we're just going to release it and say it's done 
but it's not really done, but we need to keep our investors and our share people happy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, that doesn't fly in 2021. It might have flied 20 years ago, um, but it's not going to fly in a wake of a game that can be made in 18 months and run a lot better than Cyberpunk 2077. Um, And I will always respect a game that will try and make things right. Um, and they've said that in their statement, you know, we want to make it right. Okay, we'll do that. And I think I would have been more annoyed if they'd have said, right, we're going to release all this DLC and it's going to be free. Because I'd be like, why the fuck do you have teams of people on a DLC when your game, your mainframe game is crap? Like, and is why does anybody want to play your DLC when you cannot stabilise for two hours in a game? <laughs> Mm. Like without a crash, you know, and that would I think that would irritate me more. I have a lot of respect for somebody who goes, Do you know what we'll hold off, we'll stop the teams, we'll we'll stop the development of that. We're gonna actually have more quality of life updates and up, you know, to the actual main game, because that's what they need. They need to bring this game up to a standard where they would have been happy to release it on their terms. Yep. And that's their most important priority. That needs to happen quicker than it does slower, because like Miles was saying, nobody is gonna care two years after the release of the ps5 um especially what that would make it nearly what 11 years from development so ridiculous like that yeah when was it starting to what was it nine years at the moment 10 years something like that anyway 20, 2012 it was announced 2012 so okay so we're already at you know nine years so if they release it next year that's 10 years from development you know it has to be they need to make they need to put it up to the standard that they wanted. They wanted people to see it in first before they start fannying around with anything. And then I think, yeah, fair play, your DLC should be free, should be this one, that, because there are people who, you know, and you had the audacity to make collector's editions for like a hundred quid, knowing your game was in that state. So yeah, your DLC should be free. Um, and I'm not always one who, who says that DLC should be free because that is content that people have made and people are, but in this case, yeah, you kind of, <laughs> you spent, what have you done? You just sat on your thumb for 10 years. I don't understand. Um, so, yes, I, th- I will definitely jump into it and I'm excited to jump into it because I think if it was a game where it was ready, I think this would be a lot of people's game of the years. I think it would have been really, really exciting. I think people would, would have been talking about it and they would be kind of, you know, it'd be one of those kind of classics of, oh, that was a great blah, 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 blah. But mm. it's not like that. I hope they've learned their lesson and actually I think they've got their heads in the game and in the right priority of trying to you know improve the quality of life of the current state of the game as opposed to actually releasing any fluff among it because you know so a lot of games do do that as well a lot of games will try and hide things that are wrong with, with the main game with DLC and cosmetics and all that like Dead by Daylight is one of them and I love Dead by Daylight but fuck me there was so much wrong with that game and they just keep pumping out cosmetics and they pump out dlc and they give you like i guess what do you call it in fortnite when you put them in in game currency uh v bucks oh they'll just throw the equivalent of v bucks at you but we're really sorry about this here's two hundred thousand like blood points and it's like just fix your game like stop bringing out chapters with you know um a pinhead in it or whatever you know fix your actual game as opposed to hiding look how much more we can do with the game fix the quality of life first your game will sell all by itself as if it's a good game. You don't need to hide it behind $4.99 fluff or free fluff. You know, it, it's not going to bring people back because people aren't going to want to play it anyway. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so I support it. I think that if it's done right and it's done quickly enough, then hopefully, and they have said the first quarter of 2022, what's that, two months, really? I mean, for them, it probably is like <laughs> March. 
March the 31st is probably when they're going to release that and say, yeah, we still did it in the first quarter. It means August. Uh, <laughs> that's what it means. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think that I support it. I don't know if it's going to make a huge difference. I'll definitely still jump back into it, but I do think a lot of momentum has been lost, but I do think that they have the right head on them now, hopefully. Yeah, it's a what very... Um, I don't think people care anymore, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. Um, I know there is still dedicated people to play it. Um, Sean Platinum did. You know, Sean's absolutely massacred. Okay, I do remember that, actually. I do remember that. He, um, was he like, must have gone through a lot of... Hard... Who was it? Was it Greg or Sean that didn't have any problems? Someone didn't uh, have any must problems with finger guns. It must have been Sean, because I think Greg was playing it on a PS4. Um, oh yeah, because someone had like minimal problems, and they were like, "Yeah, was... I mean, I I didn't have anything game breaking. They crashed on me a few times. Oh, okay, but, maybe it was you then. You know, it didn't it didn't blow my console up or anything. It was <laughs> it was fine. Uh, but yeah, it's just a very strange situation because what? Wh- why do you put faith in CDPR to even do this? You know, they have burned their entire fan base. You know, they were. Before Cyberpunk came out, they were like the darlings of the industry. They were like, Witcher 3, here's all your free content. Witcher 3 is amazing. It's the game of the generation. Incredible. And then CDPR, they're all, everyone's so excited about Cyberpunk. The hype behind that thing was absolutely beyond the pale. And, you know, maybe a lot of things got in the way for them and they were like, we have to release this fucking game now. Otherwise, it's it. And it came out and it was trash. And they lost all of their goodwill. And so now when they say we're pushing it back until 2022, it's like, well, are you? Is it, is it even going to drop in 2022? You know, we said, you said in January it's going to be this year. Yeah, things get delayed. COVID is a, is a big thing that's getting in the way of a lot of development. We know that. But are you going to do this? You know, can we really put, my, um, can we really put our faith in you again that you're actually going to see this through? Because there's something in the back of my mind that's like, I don't think we'll ever see the DLC for Cyberpunk. Because as you said, they've got to get this goddamn game fixed first and they don't seem to be prioritizing that anymore they're saying i feel like they've they've said right we've got this game at a certain stable state let's get the next gen versions done and then we can focus on the dlc and i was like well are you going to do that though are we going to see cyberpunk on ps5 ever because yeah i'd love to see it on ps5 it was a gorgeous game to see it actually running on a console that it's meant to be played on would be fantastic i remember watching a i watched a a 4K RTX 3090 playthrough of Cyberpunk on YouTube, and it was unreal. You know, it looked real. Yeah, I want to see that. I would jump straight back in if the PS5 version looked anywhere near as good as that. But is it going to happen? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't have any faith in CDPR to do what they say anymore because, well, why would I? You know, <laughs> they've absolutely caned it uh, this this past year, and they've rightfully had, you know, big problems and. Mm. If they're going to say that, it's like, oh, great, okay. Okay, well, so I'll see you in 2025 then. Yeah, I think it's more of a case of, like, your head's in the right place, but like you said, you, you've lost your... Like, no one's going to be like Miles was saying. No one's going to care any of this time. Like, but great that that's the way you are because I think that they are... I think what they're trying to do is just avoid more shite because if they were to hand out a load of DLC and then that was bug too, well, that's just fuel to the fire, isn't it? Whereas yeah. if they say, well, we're going to just delay it, and we're going to make the game fair, you know. Oh, that's the, going to be much more advantageous. Than... Next-gen versions will be bugged and glitchy. Oh, yeah. There is absolutely no doubt yeah. about that. There is no way that, that these versions are going to come out and the game will be perfect. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, this game is too dense. There's too much going on all at once mm-hmm. for it to yeah. for it to really balance. And maybe it's maybe it's the fault of CDPR. Maybe they were just too over ambitious with this game. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe that the reason why it doesn't work is just because it doesn't work. <laughs> it <laughs> just know? can't. It's not yeah, ready. It can't work exactly. <laughs> you know, and it's I don't know. We've talked a lot about Cyberpunk on this podcast, but it's getting to the point now where people are like, yeah, if it comes out early next year, that drops right in the middle of uh, Horizon, God of War. True, it's going to be oh, shadowed completely. Yeah, it's yeah. Dead yeah. Dead It'll be dead in the water. It's going to slam right in the middle especially of massive releases. As well. Yeah, and especially as well, like people are going to find even more hate to have on it if it's still shit, because that's just, you know, they're going to compare, they're going to do this, they're going to do that, and yeah, it's hot water. Hot water. They're not. They're not out of the woods yet. Why any stance? I think a big part of it as well was that in the run up to Cyberpunk coming out, obviously CDPR were kind of lapping up all of the deservedly all the praise that they'd had and everything else, and they were kind of not so subtly criticizing other companies and other studios for releasing games bugged and using microtransactions and charging for things that they shouldn't be and all this kind of stuff. And everybody was kind of on board with it when they weren't doing any of that themselves. And then they released Cyberpunk, which was a cheap cash grab of a broken game that shouldn't have been released as it was. And then they didn't even really acknowledge it. Like PlayStation had to pull it from their store to stop it being sold. And then they eventually had to issue refunds because of the massive backlash, which they wouldn't have done unless they'd been forced to. And it just kind of smacked of this was a company who was quite happy to lap up all the praise and enjoy it, but then was quite happy to go and screw over that entire fan base quite willingly, knowing what kind of shit state the game was in. And I just think now, like you said, Ross, no matter what they say now, it's just damaged goods. No one no one really gives a shit now what they say because it doesn't matter until it releases. And unless it proves itself, no one's going to believe anything that they say about it. So if the next gen upgrade comes out and it's bugged and it's shit, then people are just going to be like, oh, good, more of the same. So yeah. they've kind of completely dashed any hope and now they've got a real job on their hands to release stuff and get the game fixed. And then whatever next project they work on, they have to do it all right. And if they get any of it wrong, they're never going to rebuild any of that trust. So yeah, Cyberpunk a really is a big hill from here. Toxic X. That's it. <laughs> it's like, come back, come back, I promise. I've changed. Have you though? Have you though? Have you though? <laughs> mm, yeah. Anyway, let's uh, let's crack on. I'm um, going to skip the next one because we uh, we're running on a bit. Because I think we're going to have a lot to talk about in Tomb Raider. So let's talk about Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider is 25 years old. Happy birthday, Lara Croft. Um, it happened last week, but um, you know we missed it, so we're doing it now. <laughs> and I thought, well, we have the world's biggest Tomb Raider fan on the podcast, so I thought we'd talk a bit more about. Tomb Raider. So I'm going to talk about the history of Tomb Raider, why you loved it so much, your favorite game in that series. We'll jump into that after we've had a discussion. But yeah, let's talk some Tomb Raider. Kat, tell me everything you love about Tomb Raider in 30 <laughs> seconds. Go! Okay. In 30 seconds, it can't be done. But um, but my love of Tomb Raider probably starts when I was like five years old. I have a very huge history of, with Tomb Raider. I, I think it was probably one of the games that made me fall in love with gaming and made me want to have a PlayStation and made me want to sit down and be like, hey, what's this all about? It was one game which really always struck my attention. It's also um, holds a lot of memories for me with my dad. Um, And when we were younger, well, we were younger when I was younger, he was younger too, but he's a lot older than I was at the time. Um, And yeah, when I think of my dad, I think of Tomb Raider. um, And that's really dear to me because... Uh, my parents split when I was like 10 years old. So those kind of memories to me, when I think of my dad, I think about playing a Tomb Raider and it was always 
Uh, and from then up, it's kind of like our thing is that, you know, it'd be like, oh, you can start later if you help me with this level. Um, and lo and behold, I did. And I got really, really into it and it became like this little team, even though I was probably six years old and super annoying and being like, go over there, go over there, go over there. Um, but it was something that we did together and it's something we didn't stop doing together. Um, and then I kind of got to repay the favour kind of like 20 years later because he gave me his uh, PS4 when he found that he kind of really wasn't using it as much because he had a lot of work on and um, I gave it back to him when I got my PS5 I said hey do you want the PS4 back and he suggests and I was able to give him he's not played any of the new Tomb Raiders and I was able to give him Rise of the Tomb Raider I hadn't got the the reboot on um, disc I only had it on the digital platform but I, I did have the Rise of the Tomb Raider on the disc, you didn't just yeah. you didn't just buy him the whole trilogy well, I'm going to do Christ. that. I know, I'm so sorry. I'm going to do that. But at the time, at the time, I... Um... Here's the second one in the trilogy. Enjoy. <laughs> that's true. That's true. My bad. But um, but yeah, so... Uh, but he, I didn't know if he'd really want to play it or if he could play it or, you know. So I started off with that. Because the thing is, they're very different, the reboots. The reboots are so different. But yeah, so Tomb Raider is so dear to me in, in so many ways. And I was so excited when the reboots came out. Um, what was it? So the history of Tomb Raider, so that's my history of Tomb Raider, is it's literally, it's very kind of lovely memory for me when I was a kid. Um, it holds a lot of my childhood and it holds a lot of the reason why I game today, why I fell in love with gaming, why I fell in love with PlayStation. Um, when I think of PlayStation, I think of Lara Croft, like she will always be, and, and PlayStation will always be, kind of have my heart a little bit more than any of the other consoles because of Tomb Raider. Um, and yeah, she kind of makes, I think she made any kid back then feel like a bit of a badass, you know, who was a female. Cause you see like, it's all the blood, you saw James Bond and you had Indiana Jones and stuff like that. But then, but then there was Tomb Raider. And I remember for my first world book day, I dressed up as Laura Croft and I must've been about eight. I, I really, I really dug the girl, you know? Nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, we need a picture of that for the, uh, for, for the gram. For, for the gram, for the gram. Oh, I don't know. Maybe my mum will have one, but, um, but yeah, so that's, that's really cool. I, I love her a lot. Um, my favorite one is Tomb Raider 2. Um, the old, old Tomb Raider 2, the 1997 version. Um, just because there's a couple of levels on there that are just cracking. Um, you've got the Great Wall of China. You've got Dinosaur that you defeat at the end of, under the first level. You've got this level, <laughs> and I don't know why, but it always makes me laugh. I always always want to go and do it, um, which is set in a monastery. And it's bad now. It's, it's going to sound bad when I describe it, but I don't mean it in a bad way. Is that these these monks, so you're in a monastery, and the monastery is being, uh, being kind of, I guess, infiltrated in some way for whatever reason. Um, and the monks will help you. They will, um, if they... <laughs> I'm laughing because of what's about to come, but they, they'll help you. So if if, a, if an intruder comes in and they're kind of they've got a flamethrower, they've got whatever, then they'll help you. You can help them. However, if by any polygon of a chance you accidentally shoot one of them, you have not only the the intruders that will infiltrate the monastery. Every single monk comes looking for you to kill you too. And I remember, and it sounds awful. I remember going into Tomb Raider two when I was about six or seven loading that monk level and just going up to someone and shooting them and being like hey, and then dying immediately and then i'd be like hey, that was really fun and then i'd be friends with them all so that's my <laughs> so really sad <laughs> so really sad memory of Croft. um and if you've ever been to bangor in north wales they made a um like a sculpture very recently like in the last like four years recently that looks exactly like the green dragon that you can collect in in the Tomb Raider games uh, in Tomb Raider 2 
so that's fun fun facts anyway but yeah I'm a massive fan um I, I, I just I wish that they'd have continued the reboot I think what I want to see next is I'd love to see either obviously a remaster of the originals or I'd love to see an, a, a reimagine of the old games so I'm talking about one two and three here maybe not like underworld or stuff people have like different there's like an audience of Tomb Raider that are very set in whether they like the originals or the middle ones or the reboots it's really strange if you ever go on the reddit there are like diehard fans of each which is great um I guess because it's you know it's 25 years of gaming um but I'd really love to see a reimagination of the old trilogy in the new format because the new format kind of follows the same environment it follows the same country kind of um, and it follows, you know, the same village, I guess, and shadow and what well, same villages and shadow and you know you visit Peru and like that. But in the older games, you have like Venice to China to to somewhere else to somewhere, and it just it goes on to London to X. And I'd love to see that in a in the new format it has that in kind of that open world format because it's so linear and it's so difficult um, in the original games. But I'd love to, yeah, I think that would be really cool. And I think that the older fans would really like that too, um, because then you kind of got the best of both worlds. And I reckon newer fans would like that too as well, because you've got probably fans, because it's 25 years old, you've probably got people who have never played the originals. And so they, they've never been able to appreciate how difficult those fucking games were. Like the, I remember playing the reboot and it was really, really easy because you could scan the environment and it would tell you, it would shine a big yellow door and it told you to go through that door. And the thing is in the originals, you would flip a switch and you would not get a fucking clue of where you just flipped a switch to. And you wouldn't know that you only had 30 seconds to get to that door, but you did. You only had 30 seconds to get to the door that you didn't know you had to go to because you didn't know it was there. And it's hard, but yeah, so. I could talk about this for ages. I really love it. I really, really want to go and do the live experience next year. If that happens, it comes to fruition. I'd love to take my dad there. Um, you know, my dad have like an on-off relationship, but you know, I think that'd be really cool. What exactly does that entail? So from what I've read, it, at first it sounded like, like a, like a museum of Lara. It sounded like, but then actually when I read into it, it sounds like a a live kind of, you go in teams and you can actually like solve like, I guess, life-size puzzles so together. Like yeah, it's what it sounds like. It's gonna have like a museum-y bit and maybe, and then some actual interactive stuff that you can do in live time. So I guess it might have like a, a wall that you can climb up and see how fast you can climb it or some crap like that. And then it might have puzzles where you've actually got to like open doors and then run to the other door and then open another switch and grab something. It does sound a bit like, because it does say you have to do it in teams of people and you can do it in real time. So I'm wondering if, like you said, like, yeah, like they have like escape rooms that are very kind of like Lara or they, um, I guess, mimic mimic the, the levels or some of the kind of tombs or the puzzles that were there. It'd be great if they actually did like a, like a live experience where you felt like you were in the levels or you could recognize what level you were supposed to be in or you know you could see just you know like when you do like the harry potter experience and you can see kind of there's like that bit where it like talks about all the digital tech that goes on all the green screen all the stuff like that that'd be really cool um of course you can't see the costumes or anything like that unless you unless they included the movies um yeah, so I'm not too sure. They haven't really said too much about it. They've just said that it's a live experience that you can do with teams. Then they've got the museum that's coming into Hamburg. I think they said it was. 
don't know. I haven't read too much about the museum one because it wasn't in England. So I was like, well, can't go to that anyway. But um, but yeah, so that's my experience. I don't want to drown on too long just in case people are bored. But uh, yeah, that's that's me. All right. <laughs> Happy anniversary, Laura. Hooray, <laughs> Laura Croft. Yay! Yeah. No, that's awesome. It's so great to have a game that you can connect to someone with like that. I mean, Shenmue's like that with me, from, with me and my dad, you know. Yeah. No, I'll never forget the look on his face when he saw Shemmy for the first time. And he I, I walked up to a vending machine and bought a drink and drank it. And he was like, That's incredible. You know, <laughs> and it's like it's those it's those little moments that you remember. Yeah, as a kid. yeah. And, like um, some of my core memories are with Lara Croft and my dad. And yeah, yeah I, I'm nearly 30 now. My Facebook when I was 10. I don't, don't really get to see him. We haven't had the best relationship. We didn't talk for a, a number of years, but actually those memories I have of him back then really nice and I you know they they really warm my my little heart and it was great when the reboot mm. came out because it's something to talk about now and when I saw him playing it like when he got his PlayStation back a couple of months ago when I saw him playing it I was like oh my god my dad's like he's like 70 years old now and I was like oh my god my dad's got like 14 trophies on Tomb Raider <laughs> all by himself is he okay does he look at walkthroughs and he's like one of those people that's like no nah, I really like to explore I really like to explore this and I yeah I would have loved to have like like watched him like play shared it mm. um but yeah so I just love it and I've always loved it since and yeah I think it was something that I really felt was mine when I was a kid that yeah. nobody else really knew about because people like back then didn't really play games or if they did play games it's Crash Bandicoot because obviously Lara Croft probably wasn't aged at six-year-olds but I was allowed to because I was allowed to stay up you know but way so I was locking that butler in the freezer from the age of six what did you make of the um of the movies I haven't seen the newest movie actually I no I haven't I I thought you'd be there day one no I didn't rate the trailer I I just don't don't know why don't, don't judge it on a trailer I don't I don't know if I liked the casting and I think it was because I was really loyal to Camila um Luddington who voices the You've got to let it go. Ones. She's not gonna shag you, cat, all right. No, I know, I know that she's married because but um <laughs> oh, god damn it, she's not gonna shag me either. Uh, no, I know. <laughs> but the thing is that, that she really wanted that role and she would have been perfect for it. She, like literally her visuals, the visuals of the reboot are based on her visuals. She yeah. sounds you know, that she's already done half the job, she's already kind of so when I was like this Alicia Vikander, I was like, who are you? Why have you just swooped in? Like, you're not here. You don't belong in this family. You're and, not Lara. Yeah. And so I was really bitter about it at the time. I will go and watch it. I will, I will, I will actually watch it. It's something that's on my radar. I really like the Angelina Jolie one, though. I thought she was perfect. Hmm. Lara like when you interest it, but I was young when I watched them. I haven't watched them recently. And apparently I was talking I was talking to someone a couple of months ago said that they'd re-watched them and they were like shockingly awful. Yeah, they're bad. So I put I I remember watching them in the cinema. I watched one in the cinema and I did I? I must have. Um and I really liked it. I remember, but I must have just really liked it because it was Barcraft. Mm. But I, I'm sure if I rewatched it, I'd probably be like, "This is fucking awful." Um, so yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the reboot film, I really enjoyed it. As as someone who played the reboot, the original reboot, hard, and yeah, you know, it is a really nice retelling of that story. The problem is, it of course it has the same problem that a lot of video game movies do, of condensing a ten hour story into an hour and a half. Yeah, and it does take the um, rise story, doesn't it? It takes elements of the the middle. Pretty much, trilogy. yeah. So it, it, it's primarily the first one, uh, but it okay. kind of like it kind of slides back and forth. But no, as a as a film, I really enjoyed it. Nick Frost is in it, and he he's very funny. 
And so it's um it's it's a very enjoyable film to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I remember feeling really bitter at the time being like, I'm not going to watch that, and I just never have. I will mm. watch it. I will I'll, maybe I'll do that in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Oh already. That was a lot of Lara. I like it. Sorry. That's no, fine. No, 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 no. Sorry, no, 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 no I loved it. <laughs> you I are welcome. It. <laughs> it, was, it was oh my god, it was so good. Uh, Miles, talk to me about Lara Croft. She fit. Yeah. I mean, there's not much I could say that Kat's not already covered, to be honest. Um, but I think, ditto what you said, Ross, I think um, it's nice when you can tell someone has a real genuine kind of passion and love for a game series. And like Kat's obviously, Lara Croft is her thing <laughs> and Tomb Raider is her thing. And, um, you know, mine was a similar thing with Metal Gear growing up. I just remember playing Metal Gear Solid 2, you know, in my dad's little place. And like, you just remember those times and they just sits with you. And whenever a new game is released, it's just that much more exciting because it brings all of that stuff back. Um, I kind of dabbled really briefly in the original games on kind of PS1. Um, I never really kind of got into it properly at the time. Um, so the reboot series was my kind of main entry point, to be honest. Um, I'd always known about Tomb Raider. I know about all the stuff around it. Um, I think the fact that Uncharted was kind of spawned of that genre and took so much influence and inspiration from it, you know, you can see that come through. And I think what's really nice is that the reboot series then took what Uncharted had made, you know, modern and acceptable to, to good game standards then, and then kind of used that to recreate Lara Croft and Tomb Raider for a modern time. That's so um, true. Yeah. I yeah. Thinking that playing Uncharted. It's kind of like cycles, isn't it? Of like Tomb Raider was there, then Uncharted kind of took it, kind of made it, you know, the peak of like what a modern audience would want. And then Crystal Dynamics and um, Square Enix kind of came back in and they said, right, let's do Tomb Raider again, but let's take what's been done modern wise and, you know, use that to reinvent it and refresh it a bit. And I think that worked really nicely. Um, I picked up the first 2013 Tomb Raider um, just on a sale when I was at uni. And um, I got that and Spec Ops Align at the same time. And it was just so good. I couldn't believe how good it was. I was playing through it and I was like, shit, this is, this is sick. Like, and um, I really liked the new tone that they'd gone for it. I'd always known Tomb Raider as being a little bit kind of silly at points. I know in one of the early ones, she fights like a T-Rex or something, doesn't she? Um, and so I was quite surprised when it was quite kind of grounded and it was very much like a survival story. And at first, you know, she hadn't killed anyone. You do her first kill in the game. And you know, I was like, Jesus, this is this is intense. I like this. And like the structure of it with the kind of semi-open world with areas you can return to and get collectibles. I was like, this is good. Um, but yeah, I think uh, the more that they worked on it, they kind of tried slightly different things with Rise and Shadow. But I think all of them are very good in their own ways. Um, they've just got slightly different focuses. And yeah, I think it was a shame that they were kept to a trilogy. Because I think if they'd have done, you know, another one now, with the experience they'd had working on the three and kind of fine tuning and balancing, you know, the kind of gameplay that they wanted to have with the stories that they wanted to have. I would a bit, I'd like to have seen what the next game would have looked like. Cause I feel like that's when they would have had all that experience and knowledge of what works and what doesn't. And I think the fact that, you know, it was put onto a different dev team for shadow kind of showed through in the, the philosophy of the game was quite different. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I really hope that they come back with another entry into it. And even if it's like a new trilogy or another kind of soft reboot or, you know, they want to follow on as like a side story or something different. I just hope they just take what they learned from those the soft reboot series and actually, you know, really perfect that formula. Because they've got something really good in there. And, um, you know, Rise of the Tomb Raider, I got, I think I got the complete edition and I played through some of the DLC and it was brilliant. And I was like, this is great stuff. There was even like a survival, like endurance mode that was cool. Um, I just appreciated what they did with it. And although I'm not ingrained in the history of Tomb Raider, you can already see 
where all that kind of love comes from um in how they kind of channeled it into that series so yeah i can't say i'm much of a connoisseur of the history of it but the reboot series was excellent and i really hope that they can carry on the series you know in that kind of quality and vein because they were brilliant games and they deserve more of it really yeah that's pretty much it yeah i'm in big agreement with that um i don't have a huge amount of experience pre the uh pre the reboots because i never had a playstation growing up i didn't have a console where I could play these goddamn games on. And um, I obviously knew of Lara Croft. She was just, she kind of exploded into popular culture. And um, I remember playing them. I played them at friends' house and stuff, but I never completed them. So when the reboots came around, you know, the first Tomb Raider reboot I thought was just exceptional. I thought it was a really great game. And it made me really excited for the series. And so I started to kind of ex- experiment with the older ones. And I got um, like the Curse of Osiris, like the top-down ones that they made Lara Croft go and things like that. And they're all very, you know, obviously very different experiences, but, you know, to actually delve into that world was always really fun. And I th- I think, you know, for me, the reboots are just a masterclass of what, of what Tomb Raider could be. And I think that the first one is the definition of a gritty reboot because it's so unbelievably brutal. And I love that they, ex- they, they explore Lara killing someone for the first time and her reaction to it. And I love how they... <laughs> they kind of they spend like five minutes on it. Lara sort of cries, and then proceeds to kill another four hundred and fifty people in the game. I think that's the uh, the fun part of uh, of Tomb Raider. But I like how you know they at least attempted to kind of delve deep into how this actually affects Lara as a person as well. And I think that's also plaudits to Camilla Lennington for being able to portray that. And especially the um, like Rise of the Tomb Raider, I think is maybe the better game. But I think that. The, the Tomb Raider reboot definitely is a classic now because it really nailed on the kind of the, the Lava Croft Tomb Raider experience and how I think it should be. And I still haven't finished Shadow. I'm getting there. It's a bit of a slog. I'm really trying to get through it, but it's uh, I haven't gone back to it for a while. I think I faced up against a tiger and it beat me. And I <laughs> haven't gone back to it since. Maybe I should. Maybe I should actually pick up the controller and stop being a pussy and actually just take on this goddamn tiger. But um, I love, I love the 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 relationship between Lara and Jonah, and I love how it builds over the um, over the uh, the narrative. And um, yeah, I am a big fan of Tomb Raider. And whatever they do next, I mean, this isn't the end. Of course, there'll be new Tomb Raider games. Whether or not there'll be big action adventures, uh, we just don't know. But I think we'll see. We'll see a new Tomb Raider game from Dynamics in this generation for sure. God knows when, but if we're still talking like the the length of this generation, we're still very much early days. So yeah, there'll be a new Tomb Raider at some point and it'll be great. And it'll be voiced by another random voice actress that we've never heard of until we have, and she'll become our favorite as well. Until we'd never heard of Camilla Lillington has been on Grey's Anatomy for the last 11 years. I said, you know, normal people, not people that watch Grey's Anatomy. Uh, excuse me, everybody who watches Grey's Anatomy is normal. We are not red flag material at all. <laughs> oh. No. How many series is that now? Like 29 or 31? Ridiculous amount of series. I think they're like on like the 300th and 30th episodes. Ridiculous. Do like you think that. the network have just forgotten it's there and have just gone? Maybe. Yeah. They've oh, stopped. Grey's Anatomy. Is that still on? Yeah, they've got like a black oh. card that they just fund over it. <laughs> they had Denzel Washington like direct an episode once. That's a wow. crazy. You know, it's crazy that is. Thingy from Killing Eve, isn't it? Isn't she? Or she wasn't. Chris, 
Uh, Sandra O. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Thing Eve from Killing Eve. Yeah, that's pretty much. So she didn't start her career at Grey's Anatomy, but yeah, she was. Um, she's she's on Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Right. Anyway, um, yeah. uh, look out for next week with our Grey's Anatomy breakdown episode. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> we go from the first series, first episode, all the way to the current one. It'll be a long podcast, guys. <laughs> It'll be a very long podcast. But yeah, I mean, Team Red, I think, is in a really good place right now because you don't really know what the future is. I think Square Enix have been a little bit lackluster in their celebrations. Totally, um, I totally agree. 25 years is a huge celebration for any game, I think. Mm. And it made, like, you know, it really put women on the map for games. Like, it really, like, not to go all, like, females are amazing, but it really did did put females as, like, the, the main protagonist on games, and it made it okay, and it mm. made it badass, and it made it awesome, and broken records. And I think, like you said, I think it has been a bit rubbish these celebrations it's just been like oh yeah cool so i hope the next year they do make up for that because of covid or whatever and i hope they release a fucking new game yeah it's like um <laughs> happy birthday lara we've put all your games on sale great yeah cool <laughs> you do that every Thanks. year around christmas so it's like... how many times has rise of the tomb raider been on sale jesus christ oh my god and now they've got the definitive edition well all three of them now and it's like yeah. it'll be like 40 quid down to 12 and then it'll be Back to 40 quid again, but they'll put it been... for 11 because happy birthday, Lara. Do you remember the Rise <laughs> of the Tomb Raider came out for a year on Xbox first? Oh, yeah, I know. That's not... That actually really pissed me off because, yeah, like, really I think I remember well. hearing that, like, three quarters of the people who bought the first reboot game were all on PlayStation. I was like, wait, wait, wait. So, your main audience who bought your game, you're now not selling it to for yeah. a year. And I was like, what, the f- what was that about? And fun fact, Sony actually originally turned down uh, Tomb Raider as an idea. Wow. Story. Very interesting. Um, but yeah, that did that that kind of hurt a little bit because I think yeah. I was day one for the first reboot. I think we were uh, we were covering E3 or something at the time, and um, when when it got announced, we were in like a Facebook Messenger chat, which is what we used to do before Slack, and we were like, um, "Sorry, what?" I think I peed. What yeah. are you are you shitting my dick? <laughs> What's going on here? That's the thing, though, because it, it's, it's been a good, what, like, it had been a good, I don't know, six, seven years mm. since a game. That's... And the entire internet went, uh, I'm sorry, I can't play it on my, I can't play Tomb Raider on my PlayStation for a year. <laughs> what, what? Even though I've been playing it every year since on PlayStation. Yeah. Yeah. But then we got a shiny version of it. So we did. Yeah. Don't oh, do that again, Square Enix. Don't do that again. No. Don't do that again. No. You've got some goodwill now with Guardians, so yeah. come on. We need uh, what would the name of the new Tomb Raider be? It's like Rise, so what, what, so what, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Shadow, and then we've got Rise. We're gonna have to have like dust now, of the Tomb Raider. Now she's the bloody Tomb Raider. Yeah, like literally, like give her the dual guns <laughs> for fuck's sake. Let's go. <laughs> now she's Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider. The Sky Tomb Raider. <laughs> It was something, it looked something really generic when it like Tomb Raider Origins. Oh, uh, probably. Oh, probably. Tomb Raider Nightfall. God, yeah. Tomb Raider The Beginning. Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider Tomb, Revelations. Tomb Raider Blood Souls. <laughs> just a great big Dark Souls ripoff for this Lara Croft. <laughs> It'll be the Dark Souls of Tomb Raider games. <laughs> From Software's brand new game. Well, it's not a Bloodborne remake. No, it's a Tomb Raider game. What? <laughs> Elder what? Tomb Raider. And also, um, you can't have Revelations because that's already a Tomb Raider The Last Revelation. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it'll be Tomb Raider the first revelations. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> God, I mean, Christmas and we're so busy on Perfect Dark now, so I mean, who knows when we'll see Tomb Raider again? But given the fact that 
when they took on the job of Perfect Dark, they said, we're still early in development. Right. Okay. Yeah. So we're not going to see Tomb Raider for a few years. <laughs> That's true. And they're working on the anime series of Tomb Raider, which is voiced by uh, yeah. Mini Driver. Hayley Atwell. Hayley Atwell. Mini yeah. Driver's a very different actress. Past, past cast course. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I can't say I give a shit about that. I'd love Tomb Raider, but like, she's a game. <laughs> don't don't put her elsewhere. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> like, let's just have the game. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I like Kelly Atwell. I like Tomb Raider. So, good combination. I'll give it a go, yeah. but uh, I'd rather a game. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to watch the first episode. You're not Camilla. You'll never be Camilla. <laughs> Getting drunk on the sofa by yourself. Yeah, yeah. never be Camilla. Slushing the wine <laughs> and then putting on Taylor Swift to cry to afterwards. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe you'll be maybe you'll compose yourself a little more than that. Who knows? I don't maybe know not likely, <laughs> but maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I was going to go into our favorite things, which was, which was our favorite Tomb Raider game. But uh, Kat, you've already said it's Tomb Raider Two. Yep, yeah, Tomb Raider Two is my favorite one. Yeah. Nice, uh, Miles. What would be your favorite Tomb Raider game? Uh, mine was Rise of the three. I think Rise was the best of them. Okay, cool. And yeah, I think Rise as well. Um, I think Rise is the best one of the series for sure. Obviously, I haven't finished Shadow yet, so I can't really use that. But I love, I love the start of Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Lara Croft basically signals the apocalypse oh, by, yeah. by moving something. She's a fucking yeah. archaeologist, and she starts yeah. fucking about with She's stuff. She's like, like, "Oh, I'll just take this. Oh shit, something like, bad." You know, like, you know, like, That's weird. She works like, "Don't, don't touch this or pick it up because everything mm. will have an earthquake." I'll just touch it and pick it up. And oh, the you're the worst archaeologist in the world. Did you not watch Indiana Jones? I mean, come on, everyone knows <laughs> that you don't touch like the really sacred thing that's kept in a temple. Really, obviously, you don't. With take the it. light shining on it. Stop yeah, that. don't take it, man. Come on. And now, now you've started ri- river rapids through these towns. People are dying because you touched a thing. There is actually, though, in later <sighs> in Shadow, I think it's like in the final kind of section, there's actually a really cool kind of set piece that happens, which is really dark, but really well done. And it's actually one of my favorite moments of, of the series, of the trilogy. Um, so yeah, keep playing through because it is worth getting to a couple of those moments. I will get there. I will get there. And even if I have to share play with you and you can beat that tiger for me, <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> oh, mate. You're stuck on a tiger on Shadow. I am, yeah. Which tiger? Where it's, are you in the village? Like the first one. I was going to say it's quite early on. I think after you do like the apocalypse bit. I got into the jungle and there was a cutscene and it was like this big old tiger turned. I was like, ah, oh, I know which one you're talking about. I was like, bring it on, tiger, and it just trashed me almost immediately. <laughs> like, oh, it did oh, what oh. a tiger does and it ate me. Yeah, oh, pretty much. So I'll get there. I'll get, get there. I need to. Yeah. Wow, you're like five minutes in. You've got I the am. whole game. I'm very to... early. When you said I haven't finished it yet, I really thought I must have like zoned out for a second. So I really thought, oh, you must be in like the village or, or you know the, t- the the city or the mm. marketplace. And you're like, nope, I'm with the tiger in the jungle. And that's like, okay, well, that's literally after the beginning. <laughs> that was my that, that was my second attempt as well because oh, my, fir- my first attempt at the game was the um the the plane crash, and I was in that bit in 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 the jungle. And I was like, I don't know where the fuck I'm going. Oh yeah, oh, wow. you gotta like yeah, yeah, you gotta like cut all the all the rope and stuff. That's like you? what, like five or ten minutes before the tiger. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, <laughs> yeah. it's one of those things in video games where, you, like, you know, you've been playing a game for hours yeah. and you just you just cannot see what's next. Yeah. Just can't. Yeah. Do it. So yeah. you go right. I'm gonna put this down. I'm gonna come back tomorrow and come. You come back the next day and it's like, oh, there it is. You know, because yeah, literally you, that happens to me all the time. Your eyes are so kind of blown over. You're like, I can't see what's next. I'm just gonna turn this off and come back tomorrow. And oh. uh, yeah, damn, that's rough. Oh, also, fun story. Kat's probably never told you this, but she once bet me seven shots on a night out that I wouldn't be able to platinum Shadow of the Tomb Raider in a weekend. 
uh, because on the hardest difficulty, it only saves when you get to base camps. You don't get like checkpoints or anything. Cat, mm. did you have to do your shots? Yeah, only because you pretty much stayed up all night to do it to prove a point because you're a stubborn asshole. Didn't have, didn't have to stay up all night. It was easy. It took me like five hours. I love your stubbornness, Miles. <laughs> the moment she was like, oh, I'll bet you shots. So I was like, oh, oh, that is a bad choice. And that's when she learned that my trophy <laughs> hunting knows no bounds. <laughs> yeah. You didn't really understand how dedicated I was to trophy hunting, especially when challenged until that moment. Yeah, no, that was a good, good three years ago. I've learned since then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's funny. All uh, right, then let's get into our recommendations, which is where we see something throughout the week that we thought we'd share with you guys, whether it be a, a video game, a book, a movie, a TV show, a uh, Funko Pop, or a sound bar. I don't know. I'm looking at stuff in my room and saying them out loud now. So, yeah. Miles, what's your recommendation this week? Uh, I haven't actually had that much else going on other than the games that I've been playing and stuff, but uh, I've been watching a little series on Netflix called Chef. <gasps> um, That's right! Sorry, stole it. Um, and it's got John Favreau um, following around his. Um, I don't Go on, like... explain it, explain it, Miles, because you actually haven't watched the film Chef. So please explain this this show. <laughs> I think that's quite hurtful. <laughs> um, so he goes around with a chef who worked on the sets of the Marvel movies uh, with him. Uh, he's called Roy Choi, and he didn't work on the set of the Marvel movies, but never mind. Oh, he cooked them food. <laughs> He cooked them food. So he worked on the set, man. <laughs> um, and they basically just make loads of different dishes. They go to different places and they kind of explore. So Roy kind of came up from like a, a like a food van kind of vibe. Um, I can't remember which city it's in, um, but it, it's kind of like a big deal there uh, where the food trucks are actually where you go for like all the best foods. Um, so it kind of explores like all of his kind of background and story and all like the food he makes and stuff. And it's really cool. Um, and John Favreau is just such like a, a chill dude considering he's like one of the most well-known movie directors or like whatever he is now um he is the ultimate you know, fighting champion i was gonna say he is like the og the one love um, it he hates friends totally got that reference thank you very much oh, yes. Cats, i'm glad yes. someone did yes. i did not get that I, yeah Sorry. i totally got that reference but miles is weird because of my friend no i say that he wants to become the ultimate fighting champion whether or not he did we never found that's out that's true that's uh, true so if i ever met john favreau that would be my first question <laughs> you think you ever became the ultimate fighting champion? Sorry, Miles. Please continue. Uh, I had no idea about the reference. No, no, carry on. Um, but yeah, no, it's a nice little show. Um, they're like 20, 30 minutes each one. Um, there's a, I think there's like four series, and there's like a few episodes by one. Um, but yeah, it's a nice little show. It's worth watching. And uh, yeah, John Favreau is cool. Nice. He is cool. He's very cool. I've rewatched the uh, Spider-Man films recently. Getting ready for No Way Home. Oh, and, I'm not uh, ready for that movie. Man, John Favreau is so good. So good. He's so good. So good. So, so good. Uh, Kat, what's your recommendation this week? Well, my recommendation was going to be Chef also. And just to clear up a few, a few things, okay. John Favreau made, directed, and wrote and starred in a film called Chef. Yes, okay. It was a 2014 movie. It's a great film. Miles hasn't seen it, but it's a great film. Anyway, the chef who worked on that is a guy, a famous guy called Roy Choi. Okay. Now, because they made a lot of really fun meals on Chef, John Favreau has the idea of then making a travel vlog series, cooking all of the meals from Chef with Roy Choi, and then Roy Choi also um, helping and teaching John to make all these other different things. And then they travel America and travel different states and, and try different things. Um, so the first series is based on all of the meals from the film Chef. 
Um, and then after it's just like, a, a I guess, a, an amalgamation of all the other foods that they want to eat or like the best sellers in Roy Choi's re- restaurant. Um, and, and the rest of it we've just watched, John Favreau is actually teaching them to make bread because he's a really avid bread, bread kind of baker. Um, so just to clear that up. <laughs> um, uh, but that's a great show, and I, I would. And also, also watch the film. Do you know what? I'm going to recommend something right now. Miles, watch the film Chef. For fuck's sake, that's my recommendation because it is such a good movie. It is about somebody who owns a food truck who wants to be a big, a big time chef, and also, and it's just a, it's just a great movie. I just love it. I just really enjoyed it when I watched it. Um, it's on. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Yeah, I'm sure it was on Prime Video as well. I could be wrong, but yeah, if it's on Netflix, then great. I'll watch it. There. Excellent stuff. What's your recommendation, Roscoe? Well, thanks so much for asking. My recommendation is don't listen to the new Limp Bizkit album. Uh, that's that's like a rec- non-recommendation. That's okay. like a that that is my recommendation for the week. Don't do it like to yourself. It. They released an album yesterday, uh, so Sunday, um, the night before, night after, before recording this. Yes, before, and yeah, it's called Still Sucks, and it's the worst album I've heard all year. Possibly the worst album I've ever heard. Oh no. To such degree that, I mean, Limp Bizkit, I've not been Limp Bizkit for a long, long time, but, oh, it's so bad. Good God. It's like half an hour long. There's just shit. The guy's 55 years old. He's still rapping about fucking girls and drugs and fucking, this is, uh, I don't know if I'm just getting older. I think 15-year-old me might have enjoyed this album. I don't know. But, God, just don't do it to yourself. There's so much great music out there. Explore. Find good music. Don't listen to Limp Bizkit anymore because they don't care about you because they put shit like this. They don't care about the fan base anymore. They're just putting shit out for no reason whatsoever. Okay? Just find it in yourself to avoid listening to Limp Bizkit anymore because they're really bad now. So (laughs) my recommendation is don't listen to an album. At least that's a fair warning to people who might, you know, have taken the plunge and suffered for it. You saved them that pain. I'd like to think so, yes. You've done a good deed, Roscoe, a good deed. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm here. I'm here all week to be a hero to those who are going, oh, Limbisk on your album. I was like, no, don't do it to yourself. God, what an absolute disaster. Um, my good friend Chris sent it over. He was like, Limbisk got your album out. And um, we have a little WhatsApp group, me, Chris, and our friend Ian. And um, yeah, we all, we all agreed this is the worst thing that's ever happened. And um, we're including like Hiroshima and 9-11 in that. Like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. So just avoid it at all costs. Do yourself a favor. Life is so amazing if you find the right things, and that's not the right thing. So go and find other great things, and you'll enjoy life a whole lot more. Right. <laughs> Let's get into Out This Week. And Out This Week, we have uh, Cupid Parasite coming to the Switch. Uh, Tunchu coming to PC and Switch. Um, First Class Trouble, which you remember we talked about last week on the podcast as part of the PlayStation State of Play. It's coming to PlayStation Plus tomorrow or today, the day that this podcast goes up. Um, It's going to be a kind of Among Us quite type thing. Uh, We have said that we're going to jump in and have a go. So we may stream it this week and you can see what it's like for yourself if you want. But of course, if you have PS Plus, you can download it for free. So that's coming to PS4 and PS5. Uh, Knockout City is also coming to consoles. It's already out on consoles, obviously, but these big, shiny new versions are coming to PS5 and Xbox Series. Uh, World War Z is coming to Switch, which is a cracking game. I don't know how that's going to run on Switch. I'm a little bit worried about that. 
but um, it's a very, very fun uh, multiplayer shooter if you do fancy. Some more zombie shooting. You're already bored of Back for Blood. Oh, did you hear about Back for Blood? Before we carry on. No. It's being um, it's being outplayed on Steam by Leopard Dead 2 right now. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's awkward. <laughs> I can't say I'm surprised in the slightest. Leopard Dead 2 currently has double the amount of players than Bat for Blood. To be honest, Aww. so it should. Uh, it's, a, it, it's a shame. It is a go. shame. It was one of those that was one of my game of the year contenders until I actually played it for more than two hours. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the, yeah, just avoid it forever. Uh, not Bat for Blood. Bat for Blood's all right. We, we had a good laugh at Bat for Blood. Um, November 3rd, we have The Solitaire Conspiracy, which is a game all about Solitaire, but it's made by Mike Bithel. Now, Sean's reviewed this. Our review is on the website, fingerguns.net, and this game is fantastic. I don't know how they managed to make Solitaire really interesting and, and scary and, and odd and different, but it's just brilliant. So if you have a chance, check it out because it's really, really great, and it got me through a very, very hard time. Uh, this time last year when I played it on PC, it was... Yeah, just what I needed. So, um, yeah, Solid Deck Conspiracy. Very, very cool. Uh, November 4th, the totalitarianism of Just Dance is back in Just Dance 2022, coming out on November 4th, along with uh, Prison Simulator and A Boy Named Blob on Switch and PC, respectively. And November 5th, oh, here we go. Miles, I hope you got a free weekend, because Call of Duty Vanguard lands on November 5th. So, oh, well. I hope you're ready. Oh, well, I guess I'll have to make myself ready. If I'm not, I will be. Uh, so, yeah, um, not a bad week um, if you're into Just Dance and Call of Duty. <laughs> so look I'm not into those. dictatorships, so Just Dance won't be on my list. Sorry. No. no. Oh, God, do you remember that Ubisoft presentation? Oh, my God. <sighs> Just Dance is about being unique. No, oh, no, it's not. No, it is not. <laughs> Fun it is the brain. polar opposite. It's exactly the opposite of that. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Unfortunately, if you one of those people out there that's still loaning the Nintendo Wii, Just Dance 22 is not coming out for the first time on the Nintendo Wii this year. So I'm terribly sorry, but you're going to have to up. What am I going to do in my life now? You're going to have to upgrade your gaming system if you want to play Just Dance 2022, I'm afraid. Shocking. How dare Nintendo do this? Yeah, I mean, next week is insane as well. We've got Football Manager 2022, Forza, Jurassic World, Evolution 2, uh, Skyrim, Grand Theft Auto. I mean, yeah. No way, is that Grand Theft Auto 5, a game that nobody has ever played? Uh, no, no, it's, it's the, trilogy, the Grand Theft Auto trilogy. Oh. <laughs> so, no, it's not, it's not Grand Theft Auto 5 this time, they're just re-releasing all the other ones. Oh, oh, oh my you... own joke, just Una reversed itself on yeah, me. Yeah, you tried, I guess. Oh. I'll, I'll cut it out. Actually, no one cut it out. <laughs> um... You're not going to cut it out, because why would you? Because it's funny, it shits on me. So, yeah, um, yeah, not about a week. You can... Uh, yeah, we got Vanguard to play this week, so that should be uh, should be good fun. Right then, ladies and gentlemen, does bring an end to this week's Finger Gun Podcast. Thank you all very much indeed for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us absolutely everywhere. Just go to the link tree in the description below and find us in all the places. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do as well. Just find our individual handles in the description below. Also, except for Mars, of course, who's smart and not on Twitter. If you really like what we do, why not? Join our Patreon. For one dollar a month, you can keep the podcast up on its various podcast testing services and keep the website nice and shiny. It is a goodbye from all of us. So thank you very much indeed for listening. Goodbye from Miles Thompson. See you later. Goodbye from Cara Croft. Bye-bye. And it's goodbye from me. I've been Roscoe. We'll see you next time on the Finger Guns Podcast. Yeah. <laughs>
that was excellent please keep that in oh god